and we are going welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the high button podcast i'm your host justin belanger today's episode is brought to you by none other than generous united generous united is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in atlantic canada right in our own backyard their goal, their mission, what they want to do is make sure that prescription drugs are more affordable so we can all live healthier lives. And we all know with this pandemic right now, it could be tough to afford certain things. It doesn't matter if it's dental care, you know, you want to get a massage every now and then, acupuncture. As long as you're able to save money on your health care in any way, that's a great thing. So what Generous United will do is team up with the pharmacist, a local member in your community who wants to make sure that you're living a healthy life as well. They will team up with that pharmacist and give you an attentive personalized service that will allow you to save money on your prescription drugs. A great thing I really love about Generous United right now is that they're helping out small businesses right here in Atlantic Canada afford health care for their employees. I think that's a great thing. So what I want you to do is head over to generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S United and see if that there's anything they can do to help you, a family member, a loved one. It doesn't matter who. We can all be benefiting from Generous United. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge. 45 minutes to an hour outside the city. One of the nicest golf courses in Nova Scotia. Out in Bridgewater, I have a family cottage up there almost every week, and I'm out there playing around. Whenever you have a family-owned business, you want to make sure that it is well-kept. You want to make sure that you take pride in ownership, and that is what they are doing over there at Osprey Ridge. A Graham Cook design course brand new renovated patio so when you're done playing your round of golf you can head up to the patio grab some beer some nacho whatever it is enjoy the scenery with your friends and family like i said i'm there almost every weekend playing a round or two i hope to see you there Aw spray ridge Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Logan Shaw. Logan, a Glace Bay native, was on the podcast last year. This year, played for the Belleville Senators in the AHL. He was the captain of the Belleville Senators. We had Igor Sokolov on like a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. I don't know, time's flying. And uh, and he had nothing but great things to say about Shaw in the dressing room and being a leader for that, that organization. So that was really great to hear. Um, when he was on the podcast last year, I'm pretty sure he was a brand new father. He just had a kid and you could see he was really happy with where he was in life. So I'm excited to talk to him today, see how his past year was. Just to give you a little quick rundown. Okay, so back in 2008, 2009, that was his first year in the queue where he played for Cape Breton. Played there for four years, got traded to Quebec. Finished his junior career out there, was drafted by Florida in the NHL 2011 entry draft, third round, 76th overall, played in the AHL, then finally got his first call up to Florida. After that, traded to the Anaheim Ducks organization, played in the AHL for a bit there, then ended up playing for Anaheim two years in a row, got traded from Anaheim to the hockey mecca, the Montreal Canadiens. Stay humble, everybody, relax. Played for the Montreal Canadiens. Unbelievable. Um, And recently he was just traded to the Winnipeg Jets organization. That was uh, 2019-20. Then he signed a contract in Ottawa. And like I said, now he's the captain in Belleville. So I'm excited to talk to Logan. This is going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. Dudes is here. We're talking to Logan Shaw. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom, we're going, boys. Shaw, dudes. What's going on? Monday morning. How's life? good busy nice to be up on a monday how was the uh how was the wedding it was good yeah i had a couple uh 
I had a from my wife's birthday. It was my second anniversary. It was it was a big weekend. Yeah, one of my good buddies got married, so we had a lot of fun. Well, I appreciate you coming in here first thing on a Monday. It means uh, it means a lot to the company, so yeah, I, I do appreciate it. We just got back. Uh, I was in Wolfville all weekend. Just got back this morning, seven a.m. What was going on down there? Just wine country. Just like me and the the buddies oh, try nice. to get together at least once a year with the girlfriends, and we try to get out. We did it last year, um, and we did it this year, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. But I, sh- I should have came back last night. Yeah, it's right. tough coming back on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. the, the, it's the weather's so nice out there, and it's yeah. the summer. And you're just like Monday sucks regardless. Doesn't matter what you do. You know, yeah. like that's just the way it's always been. It's like yeah. Monday. Fuck. When did you go up to Cape Breton? We went up Thursday. It's just tough to go up just for the weekend with the little guy now. So it's uh, we have to make sure every time we go home, it's a long weekend. Well, I remember last Fuck. podcast you were on, you were um, talking about your newborn. And now, he, uh, what was his name again? Raven? Hazen. Hazen. I was Hazen. close. Yeah, you were close. Uh, That's pretty yeah. good for him, actually. Yeah, he, he, so he's one years old now? Yeah, he's uh, 16 months. He's, he doesn't stop. He's uh, Obviously, our life you know, revolves around him now, but um, he's he's he can't sit still. You know, knock on wood, he sleeps great, but I think that the only reason that is is because he doesn't stop. He's up, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and he doesn't stop till he goes to bed. So it's, it's, it's awesome, but life's busy. What's uh, one thing you learned about fatherhood over this past year? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the best thing that came of COVID is the mask. So now when I'm changing diapers, I just leave it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a dad thing, too, to count in months, you know, oh, yeah. instead of a year, like well, a year and a couple months. And I just kind of fell into it because when I'd be like, same thing with like a dog, like when like, I, I would never used to be a fan of dogs and we have a dog as well. And, you know, it was like, oh, it's like, what's his name? I'll be like, well, it's a her. And I used to always, you know, they used to grind my gears. People like, well, I didn't know. Like, it's a her. It's like, you correct them. But now people say it to me, I correct them. It's just, you know. <laughs> but for like the months, like my everyone used to say, oh, he's 18 months. And like, oh, 18 months. I say, okay, so he's a year and a half old. Like, so I'm the same way. I was 16 months. You know, he's not, I'm not saying like he's a year and a half or whatever. It's just, yeah, he's 18 yeah, months. Yeah, sends me on a loop every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're doing mental math all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when you stop, though. Like, you know, he's 36 months. Like, you know, you just, I don't three even know what that old. is. And he's at yeah. three. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's yeah. fun. We were like, we're getting to that age. At least, how old are you? You're, you're we're 29. Uh, yeah, I'm turning 29. So when we were up in Wolfville this past weekend, there was a baby that was brought. And I, when I was younger, I was like, oh, baby's coming along. It's gonna like ruin the it's like a baby. <laughs> but the baby being there at dinner was awesome. It it lifts up the energy of the whole oh, room. It's yeah. like when I, you're younger, like, oh, I don't want a baby there. I want to get hammered, have fun. And you're like, no, the baby's there. It's awesome. It was just a great uplift. It like made me look forward to being a, a father one day. Oh, it was, yeah. uh, it, it was just fun having him there. It's life's life's different. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's kind of what we always say, too, when the baby's around. Like, we're around our family, their family. It's like, kind of like, what do we do before? Now it's just like everyone's watching, the, you know, him. Everyone's just like following him around, whatever he's doing. Like, you're watching that. Like, before, what did you do? Just sit there and, you know, like, you just Just maybe drink and talk TV. about the yeah. old times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. And, like, life's changed, but it's uh, everything that, that, that has happened. It's for the better. It's uh, put a whole new perspective on everything. It's But... You know, even a trip to Cape Breton isn't easy anymore for us. Like it's, you know, our hands are full, the truck's full. It's, it's a lot of work, but you know, he's such a such a happy kid that it's awesome. I remember once I was watching um, NHL twenty four seven. It was uh, who were they doing? I think the Islanders might have been in there, and they were talking about a Pozo, a Pozo, and he just had a kid and mid-season and then his production level right after that apparently just skyrocketed and the guy the narrator for that show great narrator i forget his name but he was talking about how his production level went through the roof after the 
birth of his child. Did you like feel that at all? Like, is there like is there like is there a sense of ownership or a sense of pride a little bit more when you have a kid? Yeah, like that's like, what I play for now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like mm-hmm. my my family in general, but um, it was when COVID hit. So like, I was home with him. I was fortunate enough. So like like in a situation like you're mentioning there. He probably would have had the kid during the season. Then he was gone on the road again two or three days later, and yeah. you know she was kind of by herself, or whatever they had family in or whatever. But for myself, we had it. We had him last April, and then I didn't have to leave anywhere until July for the bubble. So like I was pretty fortunate with that. And then I came home from that, and I was home again until December. So, um, you know, there was a big gap between you know when I had to actually leave to go play again and, and this year with COVID it was kind of unfortunate but they didn't come with me this year so I, I I didn't I wasn't around them for six months so it was uh it was tough and that's not but I was you know I was still playing for them like I was you know I obviously you play to, no matter whoever's in the league whoever's playing you're playing you know to always be your best anyway but um you know that's motivation for sure is to play to be able to support my family that's awesome it's like when something starts to, you know, you, you, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but you start to kind of second guess things and you're like, ah, you know, like this is a lot or, but now you have that like, nope, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Cause it's not, you know, it's about you, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, man, now you have like a full reason to play for. And it's just like something in the back of your head that'll keep you always going, you know? Oh yeah. And, and I'm not saying I never had a reason to not, you know, I've always had, you know, you're chasing your dream, whatever, but mm. and you get to play hockey for a living, which is pretty awesome. But um it is extra motivation for sure and it's i also it's to a you know i want him to be able to be around and not just hockey like other sports like if i go golf and i want him to be around that i want him to be around the dressing room just to see different things you know be able to because with covid the whole social aspect of things is kind of especially for kids like we were nervous to put him anywhere send him anywhere just because you know it's the unknown right but um you know it's getting back to that point where now it's you know i want him to be around other things you know see other things as much as he can so uh, it'll be cool to have him around the rink and stuff. Whenever we have young guys on the podcast and their dad plays professional hockey, they always talk about the memories that they got to experience with their dad, going in the locker room, being able to travel, living in Europe for a year, whatever it is. Whenever we have these young guys on and they're so developed as a hockey player, so young, and they look at their dad like Steinberg, that's a perfect example, talking about his dad, just learned from his dad and getting drafted and all that. Is uh, it's a cool dynamic to see to see where your son will be if he does play. I'm not saying he is going to play oh, hockey, yeah, but just like sure. when he gets older, like what's he going to remember? Is he going to remember you in the room? Is he going to remember you on the ice? Is right. he going to? It'll just be cool to see how that plays out down. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm. I would never force him to do anything. Like whatever he wants to do, he can do. But I just meant just to be around and experience yeah. and have the memories. I like, even for myself, my father played every like, you know, the the two and ten league. I, you know, it's what's two that? bucks. It's, it's just two bucks for the beer, ten bucks I for the it. ice. Like, <laughs> back home but i would go every saturday night and just play mini sticks up at the top of the rink and then go in the dressing room i was you know i was young but that's what i remember and it was um just having things like that you know just with your friends and being able to watch your dads grow up so that's awesome i feel like it's like like for me now i'm like oh you know when you're younger you're like five kids he's gonna play hockey like blah 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 blah, and then you kind of get older and it, it becomes a reality and now you're like well, he can just do, you know, whatever he wants or she, whatever she wants. But it's like when you're younger, you're like, oh, my son's going to be a hockey player. My daughter's going to be a hockey player because that's what you know, right? And I was going to ask you, though, but you kind of brought it up. Is that what you did as a kid was spend a lot of time in the rink? And that's kind of like if that's all you're seeing, then there's a good chance and that's going to happen, right? But I, I didn't. I, I did everything. Like I played basketball until high school. I played, obviously, hockey. I played golf. I still play golf. I but summertime, that was my thing. Like my dad would drop me off at the course on the way to the on the way to work, and then my mom would pick me up in the afternoon. You know, I did windsurfing, played soccer. Like I, I did everything. Like my parents put me in everything, which was awesome. Like some sports, I just didn't even like. Like baseball, 
we started and then we camped a lot every summer so baseball wasn't for us like in glace bay baseball's pretty big like it's mm. they, they they get dropped off in the morning they're there for four or six hours a day every single day of the summer and like that wasn't for me i was rather go run around play with my friends go you know go to the rink go play golf and you know any of the above but um and i would do the same thing with him with my son i would just make sure that you know he gets to experience everything that way he can pick what he likes and what he doesn't like and um what he wants to stick in um no but it'll be nice to be able to i mean hopefully again like bring him to the golf course on a sunday evening or something right like, crazy that'd be my, sick it's, it's our way away uh out of the house but um yeah, I mean, I'll definitely put him in everything. Like you're saying, though, I, I was the same way growing up. I was like, yo, if I have a kid, you know, he's definitely playing hockey. But, yeah. But now it's it's whatever he wants, whatever, you you know, would make him Changes. happy. Changes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Once it becomes a reality. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. How'd you find windsurfing? Uh, we just grew up in Bredor Lake, so, like, it was me, Bedecki, like, those guys. Oh, yeah. You know, Bedecki uh, used to windsurf, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, heavy into it. Um, It was awesome, actually. Like, we did it every single day. Like No way. I was kind of young i probably would have been like around like you know between like 10 to 14 like in that range where my dad would have to set up my my sail before he left because i wasn't strong and i'd like <laughs> tighten the ropes and everything but he would set it up and on the beach and i'd wake up and the sail set up the boards there and we would just put the life jackets on it was like it was like we had like a group of us myself my brother like the Badecki brothers uh, um and we would just that's pretty much what we did all day every day in the summertime it was awesome I love that yeah. I, I i'm a true believer in all of those activities you're mentioning correlate over to you to being a hockey player I think it is. Don't get me wrong. I think maybe some people might disagree today how it's hockey camp, hockey camp, hockey camp, then play. We did a lot of hockey camps too. Like, I, we did a lot, but I think uh, we, we still did everything else. Like, we still had our time away from it. Like, we still did, like, the – well, back then it would be, like, the Cougars versus, like, the, the Raiders and, and that. The sort Hurricanes. Of it. Yeah. yeah, so, like, we had, like, the Cape Breton Chill too. Like, it was all that kind of stuff. Like, but like, we did all those, which was awesome. That's why I got to meet a lot of people – away from like my own minor hockey association like we got to meet everyone on the island like cape breton like where we kind of came together which was cool and i you know i still have a lot of friends from that to this day but um we did a lot of that but we also got to you know we did like the weaknesses to strengths hockey schools and stuff in halifax like those the full day things but um you know we still we were camping every day we didn't go once grading day hit we went to our our, our trailer out in Benyon, and then once Labor Day weekend, we would go home. Like, that was it. Like, you're just never everything. sitting. Right. You're just gone on the go all the time, which was awesome. And that's what I want, you know, for my, for my kids. Sounds like the old man was a busy guy. Not just the old man, the parents. Oh, yeah, big time. Just nonstop. You just told us, like, you know, 15 things, and I'm thinking, yeah. my old man's like, no. You're not. <laughs> you find your own way. Yeah, but you remember that weaknesses to strengths camp. <laughs> oh. Like that. What, is, what was that? It's a Chris Donnelly's yeah. camp, and it was like. 8 it was like, yeah, it was like the big dog camp. Like not, you oh, didn't sorry, have to be a big dog to go, that. but oh, what yeah. you had to, you had to have big dog effort is what yeah. I'm saying. Like he pushed you, man. Like you were getting cursed at as a 10 year old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That was when I first learned about, um, basically dressing room pranks. Like guys were <laughs> starting to do like the rub a five, three, five shots and everything. Like, uh, but we were young and it was just, you get dropped off at 8am with a cooler and then your parents would pick you up at like four or five in the evening. So yeah. Back then, it was the only thing that, no, that was it. Yeah. Right? You got a but, cooler? Uh, I my old man cooler. dropped me off with nothing. <laughs> well, you were probably eating out of my cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not looking, boys. He's not looking. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yelled at by a tent. You're getting yelled at. It was oh, different yeah. times, though, too. Yeah, right? that was what like, the... It was great. Like, I would, I'm not complaining by no, any God, it was, no. Oh, yeah. It's shaped. Like, I remember just teaching you how to handshake, and that's, like, little things where, like, you know, you don't probably don't get in hockey schools anymore. It was just... you. He, he was like teaching how to handshake and he called it a limp dick shake if you weren't if you weren't shaking properly like it was just that's not how you that's not how you shake like a hands like a man 
It was, it was just little things like that that you learned in those kind of schools. It was awesome. I love stuff like that. I saw a video once at a football camp in the States. The guy cut practice to go learn how to change a tire. Yeah. It's like you got you to gotta learn how to change a tire. Yeah. Not really sure where that comes up in football practice, but. but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you like handshake, like, like just out of the blue, but it's so important. You yeah. know, it's the things like that. That's sick. It's what? funny that you oh, remember good. that because. What? What? This year. You got a leadership role, which is unbelievable. How'd you find that? Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, it was a very strange year. Um, you know, it started in what was we left December, mid December. Drake and I went up. Um, training camp was all right. You know, I, I didn't have a great training camp, but uh, so anyway, I got sent down to Belleville, which was fine. I just it's new. I didn't know anybody really, so it was it was good. But I, you know, being an older guy now, I tried to just pick up a leadership role right away. Um. And just we had so many young guys. I'm not sure if it was, you know, COVID-related that they just wanted to bring in a lot of young guys to kind of get their feet wet. But uh, there was games we were playing with, like, 10 to 12 rookies. It was it was, it was was a lot. But uh, it was, like, great. It was just an unfortunate situation where um, we we stayed in Ottawa. We didn't go to – we didn't actually go to Belleville. So we played our, you know, our, our, our games out of uh, – the Canadian Tire Center, but hmm. we had a practice rank. We did we didn't have like our own gym, didn't have anything like that. So it was a little unfortunate. They set things up in like a hotel for us where we had to go every morning to a hotel, COVID test, train, go back to the practice rank, practice, and then if there was a game that night you had to go back to the game rank after that to play. So it was just a lot, but um and my family didn't come. That was kind of the biggest thing is I think like you know, I was living with two other guys, which was great. But, uh, you know, just not having them there, you know, with a newborn or whatever, it was for six months, not being able to see them, it was uh, it was tough. But I think, you know, no matter what happens this year, just having them there will change the whole change the whole you know, the whole season for me and I'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, but it was nice. Definitely. You know, I was fortunate enough to be named captain um, after I think the first first weekend of games. You know, I was so it, it was great. You know, I was uh, I was pretty pumped about that. Um and that and that's pretty much it to me. I mean, it was just it was a grind of a season, just in the the fact that it was like a COVID year. That's basically yeah. it. Like we played less games, you know, didn't get full salaries. It was, but you know, we still got to play hockey, in which we were very fortunate to do. It must have been a nice feeling knowing going into an organization you're a captain, but you just said they're bringing in a lot of young guys, so obviously they're looking for you to kind of mold the mm. next generation. That must be a good feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. You know and. I, everyone plays hockey to get to the NHL. You know that's what we do it for. And no matter what uh, my role is, I'm still trying to fight my way back up to you know to, to that league. And you know I'll do whatever I have to do and do whatever I can to get there. But in the process, I'm going to do whatever I can to help everybody else out as well. You know I'm not one of those guys that's going to you know me 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 me. I'll do whatever I can to make you better as well. But I'm doing it to make me better and you know in the process. So I think uh, I think that's a good mindset to have anyway. But um, we'll see how this year goes. It's just, I think we're going to have a great team in Belleville. So, you know, we signed a lot of good players. We have some pretty good depth in Ottawa. Obviously, they, you know, they have a great squad. But same thing, I'm going to Ottawa with the mindset of making that team first. And then if that doesn't work out, then I know we have a good team in Belleville. So we'll see what happens. Igor had nothing but great things to say about you in the room of being a great leader. He always talks about Batherson taking him underneath his wings when he played for uh, the Eagles. And when he came on here, I think he was talking about you on the podcast, but after the podcast, he had nothing but great things to say about you. And I was just like, yeah, Cape Breton boy, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. He just knows how to lead there. Yeah, it was definitely nice for him. I, I knew him, you know, before the season started, obviously with Cape Breton ties and, you know, and training here and everything. But, um, it definitely helped him. You know, he was a little more comfortable around me, which was great. You know, I like having that 
uh, you know having that trait where people can just kind of come and you know vent or talk to you and um, whether it's good or bad it's still nice to be able to hear what other people think and you know people speak their mind um, he had a great year fantastic year I was super pumped for him um, I think Ottawa has a great prospect with him um, the dedication that he has obviously with you know I think he spent like two years without going back to Russia just staying here in Halifax training trying to work you know trying to get better work on his skating um, and you saw it this year I mean you know obviously everyone has room for improvement and uh, he knows that but I think he has a lot of room for improvement but he's already that close to where he needs to be so um, keep your eye on him I think you know he's going to score a lot of goals in whatever league he plays in because his shot's phenomenal so um, just watch for that. He's a good okay. shot. Yeah. yeah he oh, got good. Looked good. passed over a couple times, too. Like, Yeah, he got drafted as a 19-year-old. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough to do. That's almost unheard oh, yeah, of. It's tough Audio to do. Signal. You know, you That's hit fine. 19, you're kind of like, fuck, like, yeah. now I either got to sign. I didn't, and honestly, I didn't even know you could get drafted at 19. Yeah, it very rarely happens. Yeah. Usually you'll just get signed or, you know, go on as a, a walk-on or whatever. But, uh, you know, he had, I think it was 46 goals or something that year. So, it was it. <laughs> That's and I was the, that was the when the uh, the season got shut down because of COVID. So um, it's a lot of goals, you know, in the Quebec League. I had nowhere close to that. So <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe my all my years combined. But um, he can shoot the puck. And to do that that far away from home, like you know, he lives in Russia. That's you know, true. He, when, I remember when he first came on the podcast, he really stressed the fact that he didn't really know anyone here. Yeah. And that's the, none of us. Well, we all speak English, but going to another country and not knowing the language and doing what he did, I think that's an incredible thing. Oh yeah, incredible. absolutely. And English yeah. is tough to learn. There's so many variations. Yeah. You got Cape Breton English, you got Newfoundland English, you <laughs> yeah. got Fairview English. You, you know, there's it's one of the toughest ones to learn. So, and that, to your point, I mean, how hard is it? Even if you went to like a party and you didn't know anybody, you know, eventually you do, but it's still uncomfortable. And it's you know, you got to be willing to push through that, especially if you don't speak the language. Well, that's you know? what he said Drake said about, he's like, D don't just say, because people would ask, like, Igor, how are you doing? And then he would just go good, and then Drake would be like, don't just say good, say, I'm good, how are you? Yeah. And, like, he like those little things, and those things make a huge difference. Good. Like, yeah. And he said he talked well about his billets, too. And I was like, you know, Cape Breton billets, like, I'm sure that's yeah. a great thing as well. I feel like people don't give billets enough credit, man. Like, they, obviously they get credit, but it's like one of those things in hockey or any sport, really, that's like, if you're, you want it to feel like home, right? So if you're going there and you're tiptoeing around or like I've heard you you hear horror stories about billet families like, you know, they lock cupboards or you're not allowed to eat food after a certain time and stuff like that. But, man, if you're coming here from from Russia and you, you're not comfortable with your billet family, you're not going to perform like that's just I mean, you might, but it's very rare mm. uh, to me, a billet family. Sometimes if people are doing it to make money, you're not going to make money. You know, you're not getting if you're doing it for the right reason that like it's above and beyond as a player's expectation, whereas. Like my Billa family's in Quebec City. Like they had food ready. They had we had our own apartment, a little set up in the basement. Um, but if they're doing it to treat you as one of their own, it's it's phenomenal. And that's the right way to do it. If you're if they're going to do it, if you're going to do it to try to make, I think they get paid like ninety bucks every two weeks or every week or something. So you know, I, I've heard horror stories of that. Like they're they're putting a lock on the fridge after mm. you know their groceries are gone for the week, and that was it. But um, I think nowadays most billets, you know, there's a background check and everything done, but. Uh, there's a lot of great people out there that are willing to bring in someone, some like a young, like like you said, a Russian that didn't know English and first time ever in the country. Um, but even bringing in another English kid, bringing in a kid from Halifax to Cape Breton, it's still a, it's, you know, it's a big thing to ask for a family to do that. And uh, I think that takes a special kind of person to do it. 
hundred percent. Yeah. How did you find your relationship with a lot of the new guys in Cape Breton your first couple of years? And because you lived at home with your parents, correct? Yeah, they were my billets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. So you're pumped. But did you ever like I don't know, like invite any of like the kids over for dinner? I don't know. Just like because yeah. you, you're I'm sure guys look up to you that first couple of years because you're from there. You have Hometown the social kid. scene. Yeah. You know the kids in high school. Is there anything you did like above and beyond to make people feel more comfortable? Yeah, for sure. I would say more so after my first or second year when you know like my first year I was kind of following what everyone else was doing. We had I think we had like nine Cape Breteners. Uh, my first and no second way. year. Yeah, we had a lot of players from Cape Breton on the team. Um, but again, it was kind of, this is where, you know, you the way you're brought up is where you learn from this kind of thing. And my parents would always ask me to ask the players over. I think just when I was like 18 and 19, just before I got traded, like we always had, we had a group of like nine or 10 guys that would come over. Like different, we'd change the group up. It was just like they took like nine or 10 players over maybe like once a month or once every two or three weeks kind of thing. Yeah. And it just, they just fed them. And that was that was it. Like just to get a home cooked meal, like that's outside, like you know, with a group of guys, and um, which was awesome. Um, you know, I remember doing it a couple times, and guys, guys really appreciated. You know, just getting away from you know from your own billets because at your billets, and I'm not saying that rightfully so, you have to be respectable, and you know, and you have to do that everywhere else. But it's nice to be able to get out in like a family setting that's not yours. You know what I mean? Like you can go there and just get you know talk to other people, talk to. It's nice to mix and mingle, but. Uh, yeah, it was nice to be able to do that. People, even the same thing now as, you know, and in, in where I'm playing now, it's as I'm older, you know, guys kind of look up to that and I do the same kind of thing. I'll take a guy out for dinner. You know, if he's not, if you can notice when a guy's feeling homesick or whatever, you just take a guy out for dinner or take him over, go for a beer, whatever. Just a little thing like that can really, you know, brighten someone up. Well, that was my next question. Like when you were in Montreal, Anaheim, when you're at that NHL level, you guys are so busy. Not that you're not busy in the A, but I'm just assuming like when there's no COVID, you're just going, going, going. Montreal, I'm sure you have to go to a hospital and visit sick kids. Like there's just so many demands. How often was it like the guys would get together, together and not go to a restaurant but have like a home-cooked meal? Is that an often thing or was it just a rare occasion? Yeah, I mean, it was more so at, at at that point. It was I was kind of the other guy where guys were taking me out for a beer. It's fair, guys yeah. Were, I wouldn't necessarily say going to their place for a home cooked meal, but it was you know we're on the road and it was to say, like, hey, come with us, and it's like, hey, come here, like you know, which was awesome. It made me feel uh, so much more confident and so much more at home. You know, being like a younger guy and with a lot, you know, like guys like BX, Kevin Bexa and you know. Corey Perry, Jonathan Bernie, these guys, like, these are the guys that kind of took me out to dinner, took me, you know, took me for a beer. Like, I didn't hang out with them all the time. I had, like, a group of friends that you know, every every team you go to you have, but it was just nice to have those older guys br- kind of bring you around and show you the way. And how good did it feel to bring? I think I saw a picture of you, Badecki, Cousner, uh, all the boys. You brought them out to California, mm. and they got a picture on the ice. How proud of a moment was that for you to, to get that group photo there and have yeah, the boys that out? Yeah, that was wicked. It was actually uh, – it was an awesome trip. It was a trip that I don't think any of us will ever forget. Um, it was between playoff rounds, uh, between round one against Calgary and round two against Edmonton, um, and we we swept Calgary. So it was we had like I think we had three days off from the rink, and then we had like four or five practice days before the next round. They they were there for ten days and they saw one game. Like they were like, <laughs> there wasn't many games, but when just... they were at practice, it was awesome. It was uh, we had Paul McLean was our assistant coach from Anaganish, mm-hmm. and uh, the boys were sitting up in the up in the stands um, watching practice and after practice Paul is the one that brought them down it wasn't even me I, I, I was I wouldn't do that I was nervous like I wouldn't but Paul brought them down brought them on the ice so that was awesome like that made it more special for us that you know someone else did it and it wasn't wasn't me doing it so it was pretty cool like one of my buddies uh Joyce or I don't know Dan Joyce. Yeah, Dan yeah, Joyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just grabbed a stick, like slap shot off the glass. Yeah, why like, wouldn't you just yeah. take that opportunity that and run? That is the biggest yeah. fucking Dan <laughs> Joyce thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Whose stick did he awesome. take? 
I don't know. It was a righty too, and he's a lefty. I think it must have been my stick, but he just grabbed his slap shot. No, it was awesome. Yeah, all the only thing the guys wanted out from the you know everyone like oh, I'll ask you for a stick, ask you for the they just wanted the smelly sauce. That's all they wanted to take home. So it was awesome. It was a good trip. The capers by. Yeah. They just want the smelling salts. No, no, we're good on sticks. We'll just take the salts, please. That's yeah. awesome. So who all went? It was. Uh, it was my buddy Mitch O'Neill, Brad Kuzner, Wayne Badaki, Dan Joyce. I was in a refing course with Mitch O'Neill, and we <laughs> yeah. were like, "When would this have been?" He's a fucking beauty, man. I love that yeah. guy. And we played in that like, you know, that what was that thing called? The meltdown or whatever? Yeah, the Warrior meltdown. Yeah, because yeah. I was looking at videos today because me and Chris Dart and Garrett Clark got into it at anyone. But anyways, I was in the refing course with Mitch, and like, it's all these young kids. And I think I was like 25, maybe 26, and there's kids like just out of high school, so their parents are like dropping them off with their lunch bags, and and me and Mitch are just like sitting there with like your smokes on the table and like Tim Hortons coffee, and the kids are like coming to get picked up by their parents, and Mitch and I like both played for way longer than these kids, and they're asking us questions, and we're like, fuck, man, I have no idea. Like I know like hooking and slashing and stuff like that, but man, he was funny. He was just like fuck with the instructor, and like the kids are all sitting like. What is the what is this guy doing? But I haven't seen him ref yet. Do you know if he does? Um, I actually don't think he does. Because <laughs> he just went and took the course and then yeah, never did it. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> uh, he's busy with work and stuff. But uh, you know that crew is pretty much the crew that I grew up with. That's awesome. Um, a couple friends that obviously couldn't make it with work and everything, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a good trip. You know, we always try to do at least like one trip a year or something. But um, you know, we have a good group of friends, so it's nice. It's nice that you guys kind of all played, too, growing up, you know what I mean? Like, you guys all had pretty good careers, too. Obviously, yours is still going. Cuzzy, you know, Dan Joyce. I, every time I say his name, I just laugh because he's so funny, man. But anyways, good crew. It's a, it's good, a good crew. group of guys. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of group of guys, how are the skates this year with the, the big boys? Good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's intense. Um, it's awesome. I mean, uh, I think uh, for a summer skate, you know, we work on skill work, but at most it's – just high intensity i think uh you know you're skating with that that group of guys that you're going to be going 130 percent every time so um I, it makes me better i mean that's what you know it's same as in season you're pushing to to get better obviously you know you're trying to take that next level and yeah. being able to skate with those guys obviously we're very fortunate and uh you know you're just going to go that much harder to try to keep up so it's 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 great it's the same answer for every guy it's just the the work ethic is ridiculous you go out there and you don't joke around it's like it's just oh yeah i love that answer yeah they're dialed in that's for sure and i think that's what kind of keeps everything in intact is that you're not you know you're not messing around out there like i'm sure i'm not saying everyone does mess around in summer skates but i just mean you know you're not lollygagging there's no days off it's if you're on the ice you're going out there and you're working so it's I think it holds everyone accountable, which is great. We were working um, Luke Green's hockey camp the other day, and he says he's on the ice with you guys every now and then, and he said his mindset of going to a rink is just intense. Like He's, he's just focused, ready to work. And obviously with the hockey camp, you're dealing with kids, so you're not full, you're not like intense, like ready to work. You're just ready there to have fun, teach a little knowledge. And he said walking into the rink all week with a different mindset of not trying to get better, he said it was different for him. He's just so locked in. He's ready to go. He's ready to work. It was a cool perspective the way he was describing it, how – he was just there for leisure with the camp, but going into work, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah, it's for cool sure. to watch. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's good for him to realize that that is, you know, when you step into the rink, that's your job, right? That's where you're supposed to be working, and that's you know, if you're going there to work, that's fine. But being able to relax there as well is nice. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, but that's one thing that always gets me. It's your job. Like who? Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was Bonner Chuck talking about how he he when he goes over to to Europe and play, and he has the the his his kid. And he talks about the focus on how it's his job. It was just such a different, uh, not different, I just sometimes forget about it. 
you know what? Because me and me and him and Jeff, we all played hockey, and it's just it's the boys. There's no kids in the room. There's no wives. Yeah, it's just it's another element of hockey. I wish I kind of got a little taste of to see the the pro side of it. Yeah. Even if it was in Australia for years, it just that dynamic. I wish I would have got to see. I, I like I like going to the rink. I like spending a lot of time at the rink. I'm not kind of I'm not one of those guys that's in and out. I like especially in season. I'll go you know, quite some time before morning skate, and then I'll hang out, have a coffee, you know, do a crossword puzzle. I just like being around. That's that's my office kind of thing, right? Like, as you're yeah. saying, like, that's where we go and kind of – and whether or not I don't necessarily go to the rink and it's like, boom, I'm ready to go all the time. Like, I can work my way into it. Like, I get together, you know, have a hot tub, a cold tub, whatever, you know, do a crossword puzzle, have a coffee, and enjoy it, talk to the guys, and then, like, as you're kind of getting ready, go to the gym, get – you know, you're getting ready to go on the ice, and then, you know, once you step on the ice, you're ready to go. Like, you know, you got everything else out of the way. Like, you're, you know – so I, I enjoy it. I enjoy – Obviously, I love what I do for a living, but um, and then the same thing as like you know, game time comes. It's the same thing. I can go there early. I'm pretty early. My routine's pretty long, but it's um, same thing. Have a coffee. I'm there. I'll you know socialize a little bit beforehand, but that way when time comes, that I'm ready to go. Are you a vocal guy in the room? Um, yes and no. I mean, sometimes yes, but you know you have to be able to. If, you, if I'm not playing well, it's tough to you know be vocal, and I'll do my <laughs> best, but I'll make sure that I include myself. You know. If, things aren't going well i make sure that i include myself and you know what i'm trying to get my point across too that you know if we're not playing well then i'll make sure that i say that i'm not playing well too kind of thing i don't you know point fingers yeah, you at anybody suck. but yeah, yeah. um you know i'm not afraid to call guys out but i'll make sure that i hold myself accountable as well biggest thing of the leader don't ask someone to do something that you've never done yourself right it's time for a quick timeout brought to you by Crypto Vantage. Did you know that the professional sporting world is slowly creeping into the cryptocurrency world? If you look at teams like the Oakland Athletics, the Dallas Mavericks, owned by Mark Cuban, they're allowing fans to buy tickets using cryptocurrency. It is incredible. That's why Crypto Vantage and High Button Sports want to make sure that you are educated on cryptocurrency and everything else that goes involved with investing in it taking your money out we want to make sure you're dealing in it safely so here's what i want you to do head on over to info.cryptovantage.com slash high button fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet crypto vantage will send you a free information information package allowing you to learn everything that you need to know about cryptocurrency it's unbelievable Right now, you're able to make purchases using cryptocurrency that we never would have thought of 10 years ago. So get ahead. It's time to take advantage using CryptoVantage. And we at High Button Sports are extremely excited to make sure that they're teamed up with us so that we can make sure that you guys are being educated on everything cryptocurrency. One more time, info.cryptovantage.com slash highbuttonsports. Now, back to the podcast. Even before... You know, I was named captain, which, you know, it's, it's nice, but it's everyone in the, whoever's a leader is a leader. And, you know, it doesn't that some, some people are followers and that's how they, you know, they, they get better. But I find even before that, I was still trying to be, you know, vocal or, you know, bring guys along. And there's other people in the dressing room, especially this year, we had a lot of young guys, but, the, you know, the older guys were all the same. Like we all kind of worked together. It was more of like a leadership group rather than, you know, like one leader, two leaders. It was like a leadership group, which was great. And, we mm-hmm. kind of held each other accountable, but with having so many young guys, it was just, you know, we kind of did it as a group to bring everyone else along. And if, you know, if I said something in the dressing room, someone else would kind of piggyback off it and vice versa, which which was great. So it yeah. was nice. Was it frustrating at all playing the same teams over and over? 
Uh, like yes and no. Yeah. I mean, it it sucks. You know, you want to play everybody, but uh, we only played thirty six games, so it wasn't that many games. But I think we only played what was it? We played four teams, so that that's yeah. it for thirty six games. Basically, <sighs> I, yeah. like nine nine games. Eight I guess you just against. You're it's just like fortunate playoffs. to like play. Playoffs. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, and that's why it was hard to complain. Like, um, everything about it was unfortunate. Like, you know, our situation, where we were, like, you know, how the schedule was set up. Like, but we got to play hockey for a living again. So, you know, it's tough to complain about anything. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of shitty things that happened this year to a lot of people. And for us to be able to do that, it was, it was nice. So, yeah. Um, or do you got a question? No man. How does your uh, whole so you're 29 right now? 28, turning 29. Yeah. How, how does your like body feel right now as a professional athlete? I've always wondered that. Like, so many people go, oh no, he's peaking at 28, but then you see guys that are going on to play like 35. What's Joe Thornton 42? Like as a freaking nature, but yeah. Joe, Joe Thornton's like 61. You know, that's that's <laughs> a different topic. But I've always wondered. Like, I'm not a professional athlete. I sit down in the studio and I write and do whatever I do. But your 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 living is dependent on your body. So, I, I guess how do you feel at the age of 28? Yeah, I feel uh, – I don't know how I look or how I look on hey, the you ice. Look great, but, man. You look <laughs> great. I, I find I feel, you know, just as good now as I did, you know, five, six years ago. Um, we That's what we have to do. We have to look after our bodies, you know, in order to succeed. But, um, you know, I know that the time's going to come where, you know, you slow down, but I'm going to do everything I can to kind of push that and play as hockey as long as I can. But uh, – there's little things where, like, you know, if you have a beer now, you feel it. You know, mm-hmm. if you know if you stay out late, if you stay up late, you feel it. If you eat, you know, junk, you feel it. Whereas when I was younger, like, my old trainer would just be – I was trying to gain weight, and he was just like, if you see food, eat it. Like, just, you know, <laughs> just eat whatever you can. Like, do whatever you can. Like, try to gain weight. And now it's the opposite. It's like, if you see food, don't eat that. You know, it's – but, you know, I, I'm, I'm – obviously, I learned a lot, you know, training with who I train with, skating with, you know, just being around my – you know, the, the right people and – you learn how to 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 handle your body is what I think. What and does I, that mean, handle your just body? Just like what you have to do to, to treat it well. Like you know, you're eating well, you're training well, you're you know, you're getting your your maintenance done, like your physio and all that stuff. I think, um, you know, I've done a pretty good job at being able to do that and learn about it. So, and there's always again, I'll, I'll say there's room for improvement. You know, there's a lot of things that I know that I do that I probably shouldn't do. Just you know, like snacking, like I'll have a couple snacks through the yeah. week kind of thing, but. Um, you know, to me, it's about satisfaction. Do you want to be satisfied? And, you know, sometimes it sucks like that you want a snack, but you have a snack and you feel good about it. You don't feel good about it, but you feel better that, you know, you ate it, but you just have to go burn it off. You know, you have to go work it off. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, I feel pretty good for, for 28. I, you know, on the ice, I feel pretty good. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to try to play as long as I can. Do you f- oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's just such a weird thing to, to ask at you know how do you feel at 28 like it, it some people may be listening like what do you mean like 28 yeah. not that old but now what's all the talk these days like the game is you know 35 is like a grizzled veteran in the yeah. nhl when before it was like those are the guys you want like back in the day the detroit red wings they had all those guys that were mid-30s they were you know veteran guys and that's how you want it now the game has just shifted and it's just it just struck me as funny like how do you feel at, it is how do you feel no, at 18 no, yeah. you know like i agree yeah. with you it is a funny question yeah, but yeah. The way the game is and how there's no – everyone shows up to camp so – There's so uh, much information. We were joking about this the other day. Like, back in the day, apparently, training camp was to go to get in shape. <laughs> and now training camp, it's just war because everyone's in shape and they're trying to get that spot. Yeah, and and that's fine. You know, I, I have no problem fighting with people for, for spots. But, but, like, you're right. You're bang on. It was myself and Cody Golubov last year in Belleville we were the two oldest guys. You know, it's, it's nuts that, you know, you're tw- – That's crazy. But it is a developmental league, and I understand that. But it's, it's just it never – when I was – first into the american league we had 
so many old. We had like Danny Heatley, Jed Ortmeier, Greg Zan, and Mike Motto. These guys were all, you know, 30 and above. And, Mike you know, Motto. now it's now it's the opposite, right? But, um, yeah, you know, you got to do whatever you can to make sure you keep up. And, you know, I want to be the guy that people are trying to keep up with. So, you know, you're putting in the work. You know what? That young fellow is going to help keep you oh, in yeah. shape like that, yeah, man. Exactly. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm keeping up. I'm trying to keep up to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's like, like the third oldest in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I like that answer. They're trying to keep up to you. I like that. Yeah. That's the mindset right there. Yeah, exactly. Since you've played to, you're in, I guess, Cape Breton to now, what do you think's changed about the game? Um, It's a tough question. I mean, I would say a lot, but, again, not much. I mean, you're still – for me personally, you just got to find your role um, – I think I did a good job with everywhere I was, every team I went to. Um, every I was a different role in every team. You know, I was if I'm in the American League, maybe it's a bigger role. If you're in the National League, it's you know a little bit less, more of a penalty kill role. You know, fourth line kind of thing. Um, you have to adjust. And I think the way I kind of made my living so far is just kind of doing what I know needed to be done. And wasn't I wasn't trying to score 30 goals in the Nat. I mean, I was trying to score 30 goals in the National League, but I just knew that wasn't my role. It was. You know, the other little things, you know, whether it's blocking a shot or just playing good defensively, that's going to keep you in the lineup. Um, but for the game itself, I mean, it's fast. But, I mean, the game was always fast to me. Like, everyone, when I was in junior, I was kind of right at that point where the game was starting to change before, you know, when I came into junior. Like, that was kind of, you know, there was a lot of heavy guys when I was in, you know, my 16-, 17-year-old year in Cape Breton. Um, you know, there was a lot of fights and stuff, but – um after that it kind of all basically just went to what it is now it's just kind of i was kind of in the middle of when it was changing i guess but it's a fast game guys are strong you know even the 18 year olds coming in are you know big and strong it's not like when i was 18 i was like 6'3 170 like it you know it's not like that anymore. guys are like guys are like 210 coming into the league and um we even had a little guy this year in belleville that was he got to play with us he was only 18 or 17 maybe he was just drafted but because the WHL wasn't playing, he came and played, and he was small. He was like 5'10", 150 or whatever, and he was just trucking guys over. He was, you know, just solid. Like, guys just know how to play the game. You know, they, they know what they need to do, and it's, I think it's uh, it's great for the game. I think it's going in a good direction. I, I look at a guy like Mete this year, and I'm amazed. When I find out how, like, when I see him in pictures and how small he is yeah. and some of the things he was doing out there this year, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it is, yeah. Guys so, like, are strong. When we were going up, like, cause you're a 92? Yeah. Right, so we're 91s. Anyways, but like when we were growing up, the smaller guys, you know, unless you were, you know, way above average, like it was just like not really a thing. They would always take like, you know, the huge yeah. Dion Phaneuf guys yeah. from out west. And now there's more of an opportunity for this smaller guys. You yeah. said he was small at 5'10", which kind of pissed me off. But um, <laughs> Well, I mean, like he's, he's like 150. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, he's 18. Tiny. He's yeah, probably still yeah. going to grow, you know. Yeah. But I was just saying like that's my point is like the game's changed in that regard too where like you said there was fights and stuff like that. There was a role for that. And now it's like – you know, your bottom six guys are, you know, still goal scorers and whatnot yeah. instead of just, like, that one big dummy on the bench that – and don't get me wrong, I love that that era of the game with the, you know, the Luke Warners and, the you know, the guys out there protecting. But there's just so much more opportunity for everyone of every every size, every age, every everything. It's just – it's crazy, and it's, it's just continuing to evolve. Like, when was the last time you heard, like, a 17-year-old playing in the A? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You well, know? you can't, technically, right? Right. Especially European, but that's what I'm saying. He held his own. It was great. Like, it would have been better for him to stay there all year, like, for his sake, because he was physically – I mean, he has a lot of room to grow, but he was physically there. Like, he was he was good. 
Um, but I agree. I think um, the roles of players throughout a lineup have changed probably the most. You know, like the fourth line isn't just necessarily, um, you know, a fighter, which, you know, they can obviously still play, but now it's a guy that can play the game and he's tough. You know, it's both. Like he's – if you look at teams now, the guys that, like, that that are tough that they're good players right they're really good players and they can score goals and um you know they can do all those little jobs with like penalty killing and stuff you know they're not just necessarily um a tough guy you know that's not necessarily just their their kind of role but i think uh yeah i think guys uh, the leagues the leagues in general have become fast heavy um it's not just necessarily young and skinny it's there's still heavy guys coming in that can play the game I think the it's changed from tough guy to tough to play against. Yeah, for sure. That's a you good know, way to put it. Yeah. You don't I look at Tampa this year. I'm pretty sure Maroon was on the fourth line this year in Tampa yeah. in the finals and just big body can't. I don't move. even know if it's tough to play against him or if it's annoying to play against him. <laughs> yeah, but that's the you know, that's a that's the that's a word in hockey, just annoying. Yeah. Like we've all been in situations where you just have that guy buzzing around you. It's Who's annoying. the first guy you think of when you think of that? Annoying to play against. Yeah, you. Well no, that's not <laughs> what I meant. But thank you. Uh, first guy to think of that's annoying to play that I actually played against. No, no, no. Just like if you were to w- turn the TV on and you were like, oh. you watched it, you know. Um, no matter what your answer is, he gets paid a lot of money to do it. So yeah, he's doing something he's, right. and we're talking about him on our. And podcast. I'm not chirping yet yeah. because I love I don't know, that I'm role. To yeah. Think here. Um, mine's just marshy, man. Anytime someone pisses yeah. me off while I'm at the cottage or whatever, it's just like, stop, you're marshying me right now. You know, he's, he's a master at what he does, man, because he's so deceiving. It's like, yeah, he has that role, but he's also putting four points up a night. Yeah, oh, so yeah, that's awesome. that's the definition of hard to play against right there. Yeah. It's like you can't – he's in your head, he's scoring, yeah. he's hitting you, he's laughing at you, you know, he's blowing you kisses, licking your face, yeah. whatever the case may be. But I guess you can't say lick your face anymore because it's COVID. But. but he's just doing his role so well. And it's a fine line, yeah. right? Like at the beginning, people would, would bitch and complain about it, like, oh, he's going too far. And you really do have to play that line where – you know, you you play the role, but you can't affect your team in a negative way. And and at the beginning of his career, it was that's what it was. But now he's you know, like you said, he's top ten in the league, top five in the league, and he's also you know probably drawn the most penalties. So it's it's easy to get caught up in the nonsense when you're that role. And if that's the only thing in your mind is to be the shit disturber, then it's you know it's easy to get caught up in that and and end up taking your team out of it. Yeah. Well, the way I look at him is. Yeah, Cabs fans might hate him, but if he played for Montreal, Habs fans would love oh. him, right? Like, that's just, yeah, anywhere yeah. he'd go, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he'll go. What a city for him. To, he had a, There was a great article out about the Athletic, and I think the title of it was like Born to be a Bruin or something like that, and how that city just embraced him and his style of play, that blue-collar work ethic. The, the There was a great story about how his first year didn't get any goals in his first 20 games, went into the coach's room after him. I was like, I'm going to come back, be a 20-goal scorer next year. Did it. Just like calling his shot and it's going ballsy. through, it's, it's yeah. just little things like that. That's cool. Boys must love him in the skate. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, his work ethic is right. it's crazy, right? So it's pretty much what you need to, yeah. to succeed. To me, is if you're working, you know, obviously you have to have you know your skill and talent, but whatever. But you have to be able to want to put the work in, you know, mm-hmm. and those guys do. So what's one thing that you're working on right now? To everyone's always saying, you know, I'm still trying to get better. I'm still working. I'm still. What's like one little nugget you're trying to? Yeah, I would say nothing in particular, just it's more of everything. Like, yeah. you know, in the gym, same thing. I'm not necessarily going for strength now. I'm going to kind of just kind of round out everything and kind of maintain. And like, as you said, getting older, I guess, it's, <laughs> you know, you're trying to make sure that your body's working properly and, and healthy on the ice. I think it's just uh, this year, I you know, I just 
felt my game wasn't where I wanted to be in general. So for me, it's just being more confident with the puck, shooting the puck more, and um, just everything with the puck. It's making plays. I know I'm, you know, I'm fine away from the puck. I'm, you know, good enough, well, like smart enough to be able to adjust with everything going on. But I just think I need to be able to get better, more confident with the puck, make plays, shoot the puck is basically where I'm going with it. And it's something that's just a mindset more so than working on it. I think it's just knowing that, you know, I'm capable of doing it, so just do it rather than, you know, second-guessing everything that I that I do with the puck rather than, you know, I'll be like, oh, man, I should have passed this kind of thing, like shoot it. I think it's just I second-guess myself a lot this year. It's a gr- it's, I, think it's a, I think it's unbelievable that you've played the game for your whole life and you still are aware of the things that you're not the best at. Oh, I think that's sure. awesome. Yeah, but I think that's what keeps you there because if not, if you didn't realize those things, you probably wouldn't be there. Yeah. Do you find that with what you just said, you know how you're saying like, you know, everywhere as you went and, you know, you're always battling and stuff like that. Do you find like changing your roles and stuff like that kind of has a factor on like maybe second guessing plays and stuff just because you were in this role. Now you're expected to do this oh, and it's it. like you're bouncing back and forth and sometimes it's hard. Like you get into a role and, you know, I'm speaking hypothetically because I have no idea actually, but you get into this role. Okay. You're a penalty killer, blah, blah, blah. You're a shutdown guy. And now you go to this team and you know, they want you in the top six and it's now you're kind of second guessing like, okay, last time I did this coach got mad. You know, but now they want me to do this, and I just feel like that might have, you know, it's part of the grind, right, that people don't see. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when I played up top, it was more so chip the puck in and make sure you you didn't turn the puck over. You know, don't make sure you get it out of the D zone and don't turn it over anywhere near, you know, either blue line. Um, Whereas maybe down in the American League, I have a little more leeway, and, you know, maybe I am still playing that game sometimes. Yeah, but I understand what my role is and what what I can and can't do. Um, but I think in either either league, I would still want to make sure that I am being more confident with the puck, and I think that's where it comes, is that if you're more confident, you can make the plays. It's just having the confidence to do it, I think. That's you such know. a big thing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the biggest thing in players, especially younger players. You see it that guys that come in and do so well, they're so confident, and you know, guys that kind of you know, are a little tough tough year, tough first year, second year, it's that they're just not as confident, and you can hear them talking about like Way, the way they talk you can see it but I think uh, even for me at 28 there's games where you're just like ah oh, man like you know you're hard on yourself for little things and it basically leads back to confidence of that game whereas if you know you shot this one puck rather than passing it and turned it over like even if you shot it and didn't score it's still you're like oh that was a good try kind of a good confidence right? so, play yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes uh, everything kind of points in that direction towards confidence so you know that's that's what people what forget, is, man, yeah. is that it's you guys are human game. at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like, you know, how many people go into their, you know, I come in here, you know, unconfident sometimes. Yeah. But it's just like, that's what people, they're like, well, well how come he's not performing? Like, you know, they pay him the big bucks. Mm. And it's like, man, these people are human. Like, confidence is huge. They, like, you know, I've noticed that in golf. Oh, yeah. I'm horrible. Well, individual but if I'm sports, feeling, for sure. Man. A whole other level. And that's yeah. another thing I realized, too, is like, man, how much did I rely on my teammates? Yeah. Because now I'm out there being brutal. Yeah. You're looking around going, oh, fuck, it was just it's me, you, you know? Yeah. Like, shit. Well, you look at, like, tennis <laughs> yeah. players, golfers, all those, like, individual sports. It's so hard mentally on you. And it's just you alone, right? Like, yeah, yeah you have a caddy, but, I mean, it's you're the one trying to perform. Like, they have a lot of input. But I think individual sport mentally is – it's it, it would be a grind to try to, you know, make that professionally for sure. Yeah, it's just something you don't really consider, you know. Yeah, you're relying on your teammates. Yeah, and that and that's th- with that being said, that's another hard thing. You know, the coaches are always talking about, 
you know, all the moving parts and we all have to be moving as one. And that's when you have all these different personalities and all these guys that come from everywhere, when you put together a winning team, that's like an amazing thing. Well, that was my next question about the turnover rate in professional hockey. You got guys being traded, guys going, guys coming. And when I think about my time playing hockey, I think about chemistry that I built with my line mates, but they were there all year. Mm -hmm. Is that ever like a moment where it's like, oh, I had really good chemistry with this guy. Now he's in St. Louis. Is the turnover rate so quick in the NHL that that becomes a factor? I think uh, yes and no. I mean, if you look at the most of the teams, they have like their core group of guys have been together for long enough. But yeah. I think it's more so like the bottom of the lineup. And you look down in the American League, and it's usually up and down. It's not necessarily here and there. It's not necessarily like Anaheim to Montreal. It's like Anaheim to San Diego or Ottawa to Belleville. It's guys getting called up, sent down. Guys getting hurt that, and then someone gets called up and. You know, someone didn't play well, so he's getting sent down. Someone else is going up. It's just more of like a turn turn cycle like that. But it's it's you're you know it's good. Everyone, you played hockey long enough to be able to adjust with who you're playing with. True. There's there's games where maybe the three of us are playing together and you're not playing well or you're not just meshing that night. So someone he puts him on the line instead of you. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. I guess, you're not but, going on. <laughs> <Ireland. Yeah. laughs> But, you know, it's just a cycle that, you know, you just it's all about who fits for the most part. If you look at a team like Boston with, you know, Pashnak, Bergeron, Marchand, like that's their line. But, you know, when someone gets hurt, someone else fills in and they do good. They still succeed. You know, it's being able to adjust to with who's there. I guess that's why you guys are professional hockey players, because at one point in your career, you were the guy that made everybody around you better. You know what I think? Like I remember playing against you when you were in Cape Breton. And there was things that you were doing to average players that made them look good. And I was like, that's incredible. I wish I wish one day I'll be able to do that. And if you're at the pro level, there's going to be guys that are going to make you look great, but you still know how to adjust to their skill and their their, their style of play. Yep, yep. And I think a big thing, you said adjust. In the, like if I went and played with two guys in the second line kind of thing, my role is still the same. Like I understand that they're different players, but I still have to play. Because if, if I don't do my role, which what got me there, I'm not going to be there for long kind of thing. Or if I'm trying to play this skilled toe drag game, which isn't my game, I, I can't do it. So yeah. you know, if I'm not, you know, chipping the puck out, going to get the puck, finishing the hit type thing, block shot, then I'm not going to play there because I'm not going to succeed anyways. So I think it's just play your game and, you know, hopefully it meshes, I guess. You, you do have to adjust, but you still have to stick to with what you're good at. Yeah, that comes down to the coach's role too. Oh yeah, coach has sure. to give you direction. For sure, yeah. That's what I was just going to ask you too. Is there ever like in pro hockey, do, at the start of the year, does the coach you know bring guys in and, and and explain their role, or is it just something that's expected for you to know? I think it's a little bit of both. Like this year in Belleville, we had uh, Troy Mann as the head coach. He brought everyone in individually, and they kind of put together. It's like a game plan they put together. It's okay. just basically what you know what you're supposed to do what you're good at all three zones and then what you think you need to work on kind of thing before the season started and it was just like a template to you know after your game go look at it how'd you do what you think like he didn't he didn't come talk, talk to you after every game about it. it was just kind of more of like for you like what did you think like if you want to look at it go ahead you know and maybe if you you know you got bumped out of the lineup or whatever go look at it maybe something you can look at and be like yeah i didn't do this well i didn't do that well i did this fine but i have to do this more it's do you find the video of the today's game really helps a lot like when we were growing up you know you were lucky to even get a, a video within minutes or within days of your game yeah but I now you're able to see it video until yeah yeah now I, I watch every game i'll watch all my shifts after the game you pretty much get it every night so like before bed i'll watch my shifts which is it is awesome yeah it's either the that night or the next morning i forget when the, like you get an email just click the email and all your shifts are lined up just go through Dude. it'll be like you're five on five five on four you know penalty kill um it's awesome, yeah. I think it helps so much to see. And the same thing for me, like when I'm training or at the turf or something, and 
um, you know, your trainer might say, here, adjust this. And I'm like, well, I don't, I didn't notice that until like you show me it. Then I'm like, oh yeah, like I see it now. I need to. Hearing and seeing now. Right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, for me, it's uh, the visual side of it is a big, you know, a learning, learning key. And I think being able to watch your shifts is, uh, it's awesome. And it's so quick now. It's not, you know, it's just, yeah. everything's highlighted. So literally when we get our email, it's just, here's all your shifts. No one else's. It's just like who the fuck like is doing that job. Yeah. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. They put a lot of work in those video coaches. It's it, awesome. It's a it, role that's been created this past 10 years, not yeah. even five years. Yeah. It's awesome. The crazy part is like, you know, obviously everything that I, I refer to, it's thinking of playing myself and it's like, you, you know, you, last shift you did this and everything happened so fast in that game. You're trying to remember exactly what the coach is talking but what do you mean i didn't get the puck out here like yeah. i'm pretty sure i did but it was mm. a different play but now you get to see it yeah you'll see the guys watching the ipads between shifts that's what i mean now. every yeah. shift yeah. they're like yeah i love it you yeah. know my old man gets rattled he's like what are they doing watching ipads on the bench like, i love blah, blah. i love it when i see sid get all the boys together on the bench and he's going on the ipad and like he's coaching too yeah and they're like yeah he's doing this he's doing that like that i love that stuff it just so it's definitely helping the game i guess that was more or less my point oh, yeah. but uh, it it could easily be a distraction, but if you're using it, like, you, obviously you're not going to be on, you know, Snapchat on the bench on oh, the yeah. iPad, right? So it's... But everyone, it's to your own likeliness. Like, if you don't want to do it, then you don't have to do it. If you don't want to watch your shifts, you don't have to Is watch your shifts. Is there guys like shifts. that? Oh, like, some, like, sometimes people don't want to watch your shifts. You know, maybe they just would rather, like, play the game once the game's over. Like, they'll live and learn, like, that's it and move on. Yeah. But then there's other guys that will watch it two or three times, you know, just to see where they can get better and, you know, what they did right. Like, even sometimes I find it's, you know, it's good and bad like if you're watching the ipad after a shift you go down on a two-on-one and you shot instead of passing or you shot high glove instead of shooting low blocker or you shot instead of deke and you go back to the bench like oh i should have deked it's always easier afterwards of course you know and you go watch like oh i had a wide open hindsight if i did this you know but if you know then next time you go down you do that and it doesn't work either but it's it's <laughs> it's just being able to see it and having the option to see your options and seeing what you can work on that's true but it's nice. It's 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 pretty cool to be they able to. They didn't have those back in the tradesman days, did they? No, no. <laughs> just play the game and forget about it. Yeah. They're not even called the tradesmen anymore, are they? No, they're the Sydney Mitsubishi Rush. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they're hosting Telus actually yeah, this year. Yeah, they are. You ever yeah. think about like buying a team back home? Um, the ownership group, something. I don't think I have enough money to buy a yeah, team. Yeah, you right do. You'll go. That not even like a midget team. I think that'd be sick. Yeah, it'd be like, cool. I mean. Yeah, we'll see. Do you ever flirt with the idea of things outside of hockey? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm always thinking, like, it's, you know, same as you guys do on this. You're always trying to, you know, yeah, think of something else. Thing? Right. Like, and it's more so just, you know, what's after hockey, you know, what comes next. And I don't want to have to think about that when hockey's over. It's yeah. kind of, you know, you want to kind of lead up to it and, you know, make sure you're prepared, especially with, like, again, it goes back to my family. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm fine when I'm finished playing hockey, that, you know, I'm able to support my family and, you know, we're able to live, you know, a comfortable and happy life afterwards. So you're always, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, it, there's a lot of work into it, as you know. It ain't be, easy. You'll yeah. be a professional windsurfer or something like that. I'll get <laughs> I the windsurfing back I don't know if out. I could stand on the board anymore. <laughs> Couldn't you sing background for Badecki or something? Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, sit in the back work. and go, ooh. Yeah. I got you kicked know? off a couple stages for him. Did yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brad. Yeah. That's brotherhood right there, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what's the plan for the rest of the summer? What are you doing? Uh, it's pretty much over now um oh, come on don't say that it, well it what's is what's the date yeah. right now august 23rd buddy i think uh we're gonna leave probably leave uh just after the first week of september so there's only like two or three weeks left for us um and that's it and then we're right back into it which is awesome i mean summer flew by i think the weather in july kind of made it go by a little quicker which kind of sucked you know there wasn't much time for you know any outdoor activities but you know the last couple of weeks have been awesome um 
there's not a whole lot left. I think it's just uh, more so family time now and getting ready to go. What was your best score this year on the on the links? I haven't played much. I've played what? I think I played five or six times. I'd say probably five or six overs. Probably my best so far this year. Five or but six over. Wow. Yeah. That'd be nice. Wow. Uh, no, I love golf. Golf was always like my greatest pastime for sure. Like my, I have a couple friends that are really good, so it's nice to go play with them. I find you uh, you play a little better when you're playing with them. They're giving you a little tips and yeah, hints 100%. every now and then, right? It's hey, try this. It's like all right, and boom, right? It's it's. We played with a guy this year that shot a 64 at Eagle Crest out in the valley, <laughs> and it was I think it was one of my best scores of the summer too. You too, when you play with better guys, it's incredible. Oh, 64 it's sounds yeah. like how many balls I lose per round. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. That's insane. 64. Yeah. Oh, man. What the fuck? I have one friend. He's uh, So he would have won this year. He won the PEI Am, the Nova Scotia Am. Then he finished, uh, I think it was 17th at the Canadian Amateur. So he's good. He's wow. he's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to play with him. He you know, keeps you on your toes. Have you played up the Cabot at all? Uh, previously. Not this year. I haven't yet. Yeah, I'll probably try to take uh, my father out maybe before I leave. But, nice. Uh, to get a home count, hometown discount? If you're from Cape Breton, you do, yeah. Do you? Yeah. No, How do you, you get a fake ID? ID. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. But that was uh, a joke, and it ended up being serious. You, there's, like, a Cape Breton rate. That's there's, cool. Yeah. I think they do that in PEI, too. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it makes sense, but it's not that much of a rate, I don't think, but it's a little bit, right, which is nice. Discount's but, uh, a discount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll take anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, it's awesome out there. I love it, yeah. My first time I played the cliffs, I got I got a hole-in-one, so that was pretty cool. Come on. Yeah. Par three, or do you drive a par four? No, it in? was uh, par three, number nine, the cliffs. It was like a little downhill. <sighs> Yeah, they gave you the flag and everything to go with it. It was cool. You got a picture? Yeah. They gave you the yeah, flag? They gave you, like, the – I might it might not have been that flag. Yeah, yeah, they gave yeah. You but still. flag to take You just take it with you? <laughs> yeah. It was my flag pin. now. It wasn't the whole thing. It was just like <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the flag. Yeah. That's sick. That was cool, yeah. No, it's awesome out there. I love it. Yeah, yeah I, I want to yeah. get up and play. I hear yeah. great it, things. It, it's a, They're nice courses. I wouldn't say they're challenging, but they're super beautiful, and you're playing against the conditions more so, playing against the course, which is cool. That's right. a good yeah. perspective. Shaw, how yeah. much? Uh, sorry, Shaw, uh, Jeff, how much time are we at right now on the new audio? Twenty-six minutes right now. I had a quick question though. Okay. Yeah, before go, go, May, go for and it. I'm going to yeah. backtrack to like this, your skates and stuff like that. I coached Pee Wee last year, and the one thing I've noticed in hockey these days is I'm going to try and t- say this lightly, but the fundamentals aren't I find being taught as much as like the skill stuff. Like, so like you see videos of you know you're chipping under sticks and you're spinorama and you're doing this. Michigan and all that shit when you guys are skating what type of things are you guys working on in the summer I think it's so game like situations like we will do you know put the puck under the stick kind of thing yeah you know cutbacks but it's more so like picking up a rim off the boards it's more so um thinking while you're moving you know whether Mm -hmm. it's two-on-ones whatever you're moving and thinking it's not necessarily just going by yourself and like you said, doing a spinorama and whatever, like those guys are good enough to do it anyways. But right. I just, it's like you're picking up a rim as if you're picking up, you know, a cycle down low or picking up a hard rim four check. It's more game like situations where like you're picking up that rim and cutting back. It's not necessarily just, you know, pick up a puck, skate up and then cut back. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of um, things that relate to the game itself and not necessarily just, your, like I said, we do work on skill, but it's more yeah. so skill incorporated with with what you're going to do into a game. It's not necessarily like, the you know, you're not picking up a pocket on your stick and 
Yeah, get a break out pass, chip it off the glass, back of the line. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, that's what I should work on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Coach will love you. Yeah, yeah. What'd you work on all summer, Shazzy? Yeah. Ah, I was chipping the puck out and then back of the line. He's like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, first line, buddy. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, it's not, we're not going behind the net and picking up a puck on the stick, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, obviously, Sid can do it because, you know, he did, but I just, it's more full speed. Snap the puck across the ice, you know, in motion. Pick Small up details. Puck. Yeah, like whether you pick, like even if it's a bad pass, pick that puck up off the boards, pick it up with your feet. It's just learning the game, the aspects of the game that will make you better, not necessarily just skill. Right. I see that. That's great answer. Yeah, it, it's, it's a tough that. question, but it, it's more so that, like, even if I ever had like a hockey school, I wouldn't. You you do teach skill, you teach skating. That's a big part of it, but I think you have to learn the little parts of the game that are going to make you succeed. And I think, like like I said, you if you can pick up a rim, like a rimmed puck, whether the D's rimming the puck down low, whether a forward cycling it, whether someone rims a puck around, you pick it up on the other side with your stick and stay in motion. Like, that's, like, a huge skill now that, like, a lot of teams will work on. Like, when I was in Winnipeg, we did it, uh, like, probably two or three times before every practice. They just did a forward D split, and all the forwards just picked up rims. That's all we had to do. It was, like, rim cut back, rim go with the puck. It was just the little parts of the game that, you don't work on you like know, the, you, not, you not everything's going to be perfect right the right. puck's not going to land perfect on your stick it's not right. going to be a tape to tape pass every time and i i'm glad you said that because basically what i was trying to do was paint a picture for if anyone was younger that was listening and all they want to do is because what do you see on instagram and youtube you don't see like the, yeah. the small details trying to think on the fly like you know different scenarios you just see like i said the flick in the puck and yeah. you know so i'm just trying to like make it so that when they think about it, they're like, okay, you know, maybe I didn't consider that. I never considered that would be what you guys would do, and I'm yep. 30 years old, right? Yeah. Like, it's just the small, small details of the game because you can teach, there like, the skill stuff, there right? There is time to work on that, too. Yeah. Right? You need to work on skills. Just not all the time. Age. Right, especially at a young age. You have to work on, you know, skating. You have to work on your hands. You have to work on passing. Like, it's a big, where to be. A big skill, right? You exactly. Know? But then yeah. that goes to the fundamentals of the game where, you know, where am I supposed to be in the D zone? Where am I supposed to be on the penalty kill? Where am I supposed to be in the neutral zone? Like, you know, with and without the puck, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that goes back to what we said earlier about watching video is even in practices, like our coach this year in the American League, he filmed every practice. So when he was the next day when we we're going to do drills before we have a meeting before every practice and we go into the room, he'll go over the drills that we're doing that day. And it's showing video of the drills that we're doing that day of us doing them. Oh. So even like it's just just to show you like what he wanted, what he what we did right, what we did wrong. I know it's it's that's pretty in depth, but I just mean, yeah. Like but you're watching your practice, and not, we're not watching the whole practice, but like, hey, we're doing this drill. Here it is here, and just like plays a clip of it. And it's just like two or three reps, and you watch it. And it's like it's a lot easier when you go back on the ice to be like, okay, I know what drill we're doing. We just you know it's not going to the board. We don't go to the board as, that often. He'll say you're doing eight drills at practice. He'll go over five or six before we go on the ice and watch the video of five or six drills, and then you go on the ice and. You know, you're huffing and puffing after. That's a scary <laughs> thought. You don't want to fuck the huff. drill up, you know? Yeah, yeah. but we, it's great. I think, you know, the fundamental side of it is a big part. We, Definitely. Uh, we mic'd up Ants, uh, the assistant coach for the Cape Breton Eagles right now, and we mic'd him up for the Luke Green Hockey School, and he was talking to the D in the corner, and they were working on just simple breakout passes, but Ants was really honing in on uh, get the puck on my stick when you're breaking out. And he had a cool quote in there. He goes, how often do you have a breakout in a game? And everyone's like, oh, he's like, a lot. Yeah. He's like, so you might as well get good at it. He goes, yeah. when we talk to our defensemen in Cape Breton, we want to make sure that that stick is on the puck so that puck is getting out. Would you rather work on that 
Or would you rather work on a, a shot in the slot as a D? Like, that's going to happen yeah. once, may, not even once a game, maybe. Maybe once a year. So, yeah. he's like, you might as well get good at this because this will help you get to the next level. So, master this and let's get to work. And it was such a cool, like, yeah, that's true. You get good at the things that happen more often. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. And that's fundamentals, man. And that's why I brought it up is because the fundamentals seem boring. Like, I had a couple kids, and I'm obviously not going to name them, but just even kids in the league, like, so fucking skilled. Could toe drag around Nick Lindstrom. But you tell them to do a delay – not a fucking clue, yeah. you know, and it's just like a delay may not be that fundamental, but like just those small little, you know, working on your edges and, and you know, t- shifting your body on turns and, you know, holding the guy, the defenseman out. Like those are like fundamental things. Skating, you can teach, yeah. you know, but and there's a lot of people that have all these skills and they don't have a toolbox. You know, they have all the tools, no toolbox. And it's like because all they're working on is these little skill things, yeah. you know, toe drags and all that shit. Like Kirk Thompson would have freaked out if he's seen that stuff. Timmy toe drag, but fundamentals is huge. And I just think maybe I'm wrong and maybe I've been out of the game too long, but I just feel like it needs to be pushed more. I think if you look in like the NHL, there's a lot of defensemen that get paid to get the puck out. There's a lot of forwards that get paid to get the puck in. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of forwards that get paid just to win face-offs. You know, like that's their roles. And that's going back to what I said earlier about just knowing your role, but it's not getting paid to, not everyone gets paid to toe drag and score. Like, yeah, that'd be great, but that's a hard thing to do. You know, but like if you can find that little niche that, you know, you're better at than somebody else and maybe that is just chipping the puck out. Maybe it is just making the first pass tape to tape. You know, maybe it is as a forward, just as a winger, just getting the puck and finding the centerman lower, just chipping the puck out. There's a lot that goes into it, but, you know, it's not necessarily all just skill, skill, skill. Right. Because everybody wants to be a goal scorer, right? Right. You have to work on your skill, I think, (laughs) at a young age. and That's the best time to do it because... You know, I try to work on my like skating stride now, but it's it's hard to change it for me now. You know, I'm you know almost 29. I've been doing the same stride since you know I was in Adam or Pee Wee. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's still you still work on it, but it's tough to change it. But it, you know what I have now came from when I was younger, you not know, that age, right? right? So I think you know that's where it starts. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Fundamentals, baby. Fundamentals. I want to get back out on the ice. Yeah, me too. And then I realized how tired I am all the time after, <laughs> even in the 35 and over league. I bought new gloves the other day, man. Gear's expensive. Oh, yeah, it's They're crazy. Like it's an expensive sport right now. That's why you yeah. be the small guy and you get all the old stuff. <laughs> See? That's why dad gave me his gloves because I got holes. Speaking of dad, too, how man. often do you reach out to your old man or how often does he reach out to you during the year? Because I know he's a big part. Of oh, yeah, we talk. <coughs> Excuse me, probably every day. Like, we talk Gerard, a lot. Gerard, right? Yeah, we talk a lot. I mean, even in the off season, we talk a lot. Like, I mean, I, every day. I would right. say I talk to my parents every day. Um, there's some days where you don't want to talk about hockey and you know, he knows, and there's some days that you reach out to him just to talk about hockey. And, um, obviously he's the, the biggest part of my hockey career that, you know, growing up and he's kind of, I give him a lot of credit for where I'm at now, but, um, yeah, we, every day probably is. And he just strikes me as such a hockey guy, you know, cause he used to do the camps like the under 16s and all that stuff. Yep. And at that point I never put the the connection together that you like you were his son and stuff like that it just you had the same name but i know because he's is he still part of cape breton yeah he's the president yeah okay so there you go so that's good man because i mean obviously every person's gonna say oh i'd like to thank my mom and dad but when you actually see it like i did i mean it's it's gotta it's gotta help right it's just that guy he's gonna tell you like maybe you thought you had a great game and he might go ah well maybe that's what i was gonna say he kind of holds me accountable Mm -hmm. i mean i would he would never be like hard on me not anymore. Never, even then, like he was never hard on me. He was just he knew that I knew and he kind of brought me to that point where if I had a bad game he knew that I knew or if I had a good game he knew that I knew. It was um he was just a very good teacher, you know, obviously a, a very good father, but it's like away from that I, at the rink he was just a very good teacher and I was very fortunate 
growing up to have you know we were kind of coached by the same coaches it was like a couple fathers that stayed together for you know for adam peewee bantam like the whole way up and that's cool they taught us all of that what i'm telling you like they taught us the away from the puck basically Mm -hmm. side of the game and i think uh it helped all of us but that you know that's the biggest thing is that they understood the game and they brought it to us so did your old man play obviously yeah he played he played uh he didn't play pro or anything he played like university in cape breton he played you know senior but um he just understood the game he was always a good player um you know he could shoot the puck good skater he did you know he's the one that i did power skating it was him and mitch mitch's dad actually That's cool, did man. power skating when i was growing up so it was every thursday night we did it and it was kind of new then it was kind of unheard of but uh, we started, I think it was an Adam or Pee Wee. Um, but that's what I mean. Like, what my stride is, what I do now is from then. Like, that's when I was taught. That's when I was learned. That's kind of when I was shaped. And, you know, you, along the way, you pick up new things. But if you're being successful doing those things, well, I completely switch it, right? Like, oh, you know, yeah, but you're, you're making still it through. To stay ahead, right? That's like, true. That's like the new the thing. The curve. Now is right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm way behind. So I was listening to you guys. That was, that was a good one. I forgot you were even here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's uh, yeah. My father obviously played a big part in my life. Obviously, but uh, just yeah, I figured he deserved a show. Yeah, yeah, for sure he does. Yeah, <laughs> you're just trying to get him for to sure babysit. Give him a show. <laughs> 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 Free babysitter. Yeah. No, he has no problem babysitting. Yeah, he's got to chase him around. He's probably pretty fired up, grandfather. Oh yeah, yeah. No, my brother has two as well, so uh, their hands are full. That's what he wanted. His hands were always full, man. Yeah, so yeah, there exactly. you go. Yeah. Doesn't change. Yeah. All right. Well, Shawzi, we'll let you go. Thank you very much for coming in. I appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. No thank you very much. Nice well, seeing you guys again. We'll, you too. Uh, we wish you the best this year. And if we're in the area, we'll give you we'll give you a shout. And we'll come watch for sure. Thank awesome. You. All right. Thanks. Everyone watching. Everyone listening. Or I guess the video isn't working anymore. Eh? Everyone listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. It's Monday. Work hard. Have fun. That's all I gotta say. We're out. See you later. <laughs>
Just one more time 